Hello, and welcome to Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and this is episode number 48, a fireside chat with the founder of STEM Hero. Before we get into our conversation with Nate Conroy, the teacher turned entrepreneur and founder of STEM Hero, a few quick announcements. Registration is open for this year's Teacher New Year Reboot Conference. If you've never been to one of our free conferences, honestly, you're really missing out. There are so many talented teachers preparing 10 to 20 minute presentations, professional development for you. This is for teachers pre-K-12 and this year's New Year Reboot Conference is focused on teacher wellness, classroom environment, and surviving good old testing season. There's tons of freebies and giveaways and presentations, and it's just really so much fun to join the over 12,000 educators that attend our conferences. So make sure you head to educators2educators.com to register today. One quick note about this podcast. So this podcast was split into two recordings. You're going to feel, you're going to hear the first part of the recording here today, where we talked to Nate about how he went from teacher to founder of STEM hero. The second part of the podcast is actually in the E2E membership site. There we talk about how Nate really found his way from teaching, which he loved, but wanted more and how he took that journey. And you're going to learn some lessons from him truly about teacher entrepreneurship. So if you're interested in that, that's in the membership site. You can find that in the teacher entrepreneurship module. If you're not a member, I kept it really affordable so that everyone can afford it. It's $10 a month. Go ahead and check that out. You do get a $20 discount if you join for an entire year. So let's get started now with an interview with Nate Conroy. On today's podcast, I have a very special guest, Nate Conroy. Nate is the founder and CEO of STEM Hero. And before we get started, I have to tell you that Nate is a fan of Educators to Educators. STEM Hero was a sponsor at our New Year Reboot Conference. He is a big cheerleader for E2E, and I'm just like so proud to know him. And I really appreciate the support that he provides to uh, Educators to Educators so that we can put on these conferences and, and bring great opportunities to teachers. But I didn't really realize how much I didn't know about Nate until yesterday when I was preparing for this podcast episode. So I connected with Nate's LinkedIn account and I started going through the history of his life, his work experience. And what was so amazing, and I was like, wow, Nate Nate and I have a lot in common. And I do feel that some of the best leaders that I have worked with in my career are the people that have had all kinds of different jobs and experiences. And Nate, at one point, was a high school social studies teacher, but I also see that at some point, Nate was a tractor and baler operator. So we're gonna get down to business and we're gonna ask Nate about his time on the farm and how he got there, but most importantly, how he started STEM Hero. So Nate, welcome to the E2E podcast. Thanks, Gary. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to find out about these shared connections that we have. Well, I just, I just love that you have so many different experiences that make, and now I know why you're such a great leader in doing what you're doing with STEM Hero. You've just done a lot of really cool <laughs> stuff. So if you're on LinkedIn, go look Nate up and connect with him and look at his work history. But Nate, okay, 
you got to tell me about uh, being a tractor and baler operator. I want to start there. How did you do that? <laughs> what was that job like? Yeah, well, that was one of my favorite jobs ever. Uh, you get to drive a tractor while you know watching the sunset and big open skies. And I, I hadn't thought about this, Carrie, but in this context of talking about teacher entrepreneurs, I got that job because my high school chemistry teacher on the side bailed hay during the summers. I mean, that was his way to supplement his teacher income. And I was a pretty good student. I must have, I must have struck him as somewhat responsible in his high school chemistry class. And so he hired me on for a couple summers to come out to the farm and drive a tractor around. And uh, maybe that's maybe that's like the origin story of sort of having some examples in my life of teachers who who hustled on the side uh, as well as as being a great teacher in the classroom. You know, it's interesting. I think I've been doing a lot of just coaching and helping a lot of female entrepreneurs out lately and females who are mm-hmm. just getting started, not necessarily teachers, but just entrepreneurs. And one of the things that I always say is stop saying no to everything. Stop being so scared. Like go try something outside of like what you've done in the past. Don't put obstacles in front of you. And I think like back in 2003, when you said yes to bailing hay, like look where it's taken you. All those experiences add up to what you are doing today, I'm sure. Thank you. Yeah, I, uh, I, I appreciate that. It is interesting to reflect on how how the, the journey goes. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest that I think I'm quite a pragmatic person. And so at that time, wanting, you know, looking for a summer job that had some flexible hours to it. Uh, I, my family actually comes from a farming background, a chance to get out there. And I really admired this teacher. So the chance to, to get to know Mr. Spletzdozer a bit more and, and, and work with him. And I think I was signed up to take his you know, chemistry class the following year as well, or something. So maybe I thought that that would help out my grade a little bit. If I did a good job on okay. So some self-interest. <laughs> That's the real story there. So um, looking through your past, it looks like you have really kind of stayed connected to nature in an interesting way. And I just hmm. interviewed Deva Vinka on the podcast, the founder of eSpark Learning. And we were talking about how as entrepreneurs and leaders of, of companies, um, how nature helps us kind of connect back to our purpose. Do you find yourself reconnecting to nature, especially living where you live in Oregon? All, all the time. Uh, it's it's the biggest thing for me. Uh, if I go too long without taking a walk outside or biking outside, uh, then I'm in trouble. I, I really feel sort of, you know, my, I feel most, spiritual or most at peace when I'm under a bunch of trees. So that, that's, that is a hundred percent true. I wonder as I do these leader and, and founder interviews, if I'm going to find that that's common, um, with others. So anyway, okay. I could talk to you about your cool past for days and days and days, <laughs> but let's talk about your journey, um, to starting STEM hero. So why don't you kind of take us through First, what is STEM Hero and how did you come up with the concept and, and how did you get to this point, you know, five years ago where you decided to start STEM Hero? Hmm. So STEM Hero at its very basic is simply a platform that allows and empowers students to collect data from their real life, from their personal life, 
and then do that type of inquiry-based learning that a lot of teachers are looking for, where students analyze that data, uh, isolate a variable, make a hypothesis, um, gather evidence uh, to either support or, or not support their hypothesis, and, and then communicate their findings. And we happen to do that with data from water and electricity and natural gas meters because we're struck that those real devices are already in almost every single student's home and apartment building and school. And so if we can leverage those sources of real data, um, then we can make this type of science inquiry-based learning more real and relevant for students. So STEM Hero simply is a, is a curriculum enhancement um, that allows for that to happen. So you realized that this is a technology that is in every student's home or apartment building or wherever they lived that they could actually look at. And it is a real life tool instead of maybe reading something in a textbook that they don't get a touch or see. Am I getting that right? You're, you're getting that right, but you're giving me too much credit. Um, in fact, when, when we, when, I mean, and I got, you know, and probably a lot of teachers maybe can relate to this as well. You know, it's insights come from other people sharing their perspective on what you're doing and, and, and exposing you to a different way of thinking. And so we actually had built this little website that was showing people their water use. And we, we meant to do it for adults. Uh, we, we wanted to get, you know, homeowners um, who, to look at their water use a little differently. And we even tried bribing them with local rewards at, at restaurants and the vodka distillery in Milwaukee and that kind of a thing. And to be honest, it just was, it wasn't working. Very few adults were signing into this free service. And, um, and it was actually, we were about to shut it down and we saw that we had, uh, about a half dozen teachers who had signed up to this platform to look at energy and, and, and water use. And it was those teachers who said, we're doing this because, because we thought about it and we thought, oh, these are, you know, this is data that relates to all of our students' lives and gosh, um, you know, maybe we could have them just go, go find these meters where they live. Um, so, so it was actually teachers in Milwaukee who first tipped us off, me off, that, um, that this was something of interest to them. Can you tell us shortly, because you do have a lot of life experience, how, how did your journey go from, you know, your high school farm days to becoming a teacher to starting STEM Hero. How did you get there? Yeah, well, maybe like a lot of a lot of your listeners, like a lot of other teachers, I, I grew up in an education family. So I, I grew up in my father's high school history class. And I remember walking over there after school as an elementary school student. And I think he paid me like, he offered me like a nickel to, to run all of the scantrons from his class or something like that. You know, so education was... Uh, I don't, I'm not sure if I ever got paid by the way, too. I need to follow up with him about that, but I, yeah, in, inflation, it should be at least 75 cents now or something, but he, um, you know, and, and then my, my older sister went into education. And so I, I ended up, uh, doing my undergrad in education at the university of Portland and it was a great program because, you know, about a month into my freshman year, I was spending six hours a week down at the local inner city middle school. And, um, I'll tell you that it wasn't too long after I was there that there was one day, uh, I was there and the substitute teacher, the class was being a little rowdy and the substitute teacher looked at me and said, I quit. I'm out of here. You run the class. 
And as a, you know, 18 year old, I think it was probably only like 20 minutes or something, but it felt like the whole day I, I ran this, you know, this class. And I remember walking away from there being just enormously proud of the fact that I was a teacher. Um, I, I continued teaching in, in the inner city schools in, in Portland, got hired at uh, a, a very affluent uh, high school in suburban Portland, um, was really struck by the contrast there in terms of resources and and uh, the different challenges that students were facing. And then my wife and I, we were encountering more and more students who were coming from a Spanish-speaking background in our class. And we, my wife and I really wanted to learn Spanish. And so we uh, walked away from our teaching jobs. Uh, my wife's a fourth grade teacher. We walked away from our teaching jobs and, and went down to Honduras, Central America for two and a half years to learn Spanish and teach down there. Um, and then after that, went to went to graduate school at Marquette University in Milwaukee, and uh, with with the plans of of just of getting my master's and continuing teaching, and and that's where sort of the idea of of origins of, of what would become STEM Hero started, uh, just in a graduate school class there. Wow, that's cool. So that's where you kind of started to work on this product that was more for adults, and through teachers, you realized, wait this could be a good fit for schools and for teachers and students. Exactly right. And again, I think because I, you know, some of your listeners might be, uh, are currently teachers. I mean, I'll, I'll be really honest to say that, you know, the true story of entrepreneurship was that my, my wife was starting full-time graduate school. We were, we had just had our first son and I was freaked out about how we were both going to be in graduate school and, and raise this child. And so I, I pitched the idea to my professor to allow me to, to kind of work on this water data project as a summer, um, uh, you know, independent study for credit. And he went with it. And that's, you know, that's how it started was just saying, Hey, here's this cool data related to water use and let's get adults to care about it. Getting really frustrated that adults, you know, are, are busy and, and wouldn't sign up for something even when it was free and would save them money. And then being kind of, you know, uh, brought to reality by these local teachers who who showed me where this could really be helpful uh, in out in the world. So that's that's the story for for how it all got started. I like it. So today I'm a teacher. I come to STEM mm-hmm. Hero. What are you providing for teachers and students? What does the experience look yeah. like for a teacher? Yeah. Well, so first of all, we're really proud of the fact that this is that it's teacher led. Um, we uh, try to make it a platform that is flexible so that, you know, we, we just, as a teacher myself, I, I believe that that other teachers know their classroom and their students best. So it is a, it's a, it's a curriculum four to six weeks is kind of the ideal time frame. but there's a lot of flexibility built in there, built in there. So if a teacher wants a, a script of, of, you know, what to say and, and what to do at this moment, we have, slides and and those talking points um but also again the 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 basic framework is this online software that allows for students we teach students how to find their meters um why they should be thinking about water and energy why that matters in their community um and then it allows them to start collecting that data in a real basic way Uh, one thing we're proud of is is that the software allows students to make mistakes Um, we actually Working with teachers has been so 
hugely valuable. And I'm talking full-time teachers, not people who came onto our team, but just teachers who were willing to, you know, let us bring them a smoothie after school. And they told us things like, <laughs> hey, don't have your software correct readings that students put in that are incorrect. Instead, allow the students to come to class and allow them to, to look at their meter readings and go, okay, uh, most people in the class have water usage that's around 200 gallons a day. Your reading says 12 million, you know, and, and sort of, and, or, you know, negative 6,000. And it's sort of like, allow for, for the student to, to have that moment of asking themselves, does this make sense? And, and oftentimes, you know, what I love about meter readings is that, you know, it's often something like a decimal point or, um, you know, it's just a single number that's off and the student can easily correct that. But, you know, so this software <clears throat> allows the students to collect that data, build a graph and a chart of that data. And then we have tools that help the student to communicate um, their findings. So communicate uh, what water or energy saving activity they tried and then what evidence, what observations they found to um, to support their hypothesis. Um, and so we have a, even a little video creation bot that helps students to ask students kind of targeted questions, allows them to create a little minute and a half video um, that teachers like for assessment and but also to share it with the community. So we, we yeah, yeah, we support we support all that. Yep. So it's funny, I, I'm thinking about even my own children. Uh, I have an 11 year old and an eight year old. My 11 year old son couldn't get out of the shower faster, right? Like he doesn't, he wants to be back in the water. But my daughter, man, she would stay in the shower for an hour and a half if I let her. But it's interesting because I'm thinking about her. She has become very in tune with like the earth lately and talking mm -hmm. about recycling and even mm -hmm. just graffiti and people um, littering and how we should do this and that. And like, God forbid, if I put, something not that's supposed to go in the recycle bin, not in the recycle sure. bin, like she gets worked up. But what I like about what you're talking about, um, this idea of students taking an action. So I'm using her as an example, cause I yeah. can see this in a whole class. Like I never personally even looked at yep. my water meter as an adult, but teaching kids <laughs> go find it, go look at it. Okay. We can make this better. Like I can see my eight year old being like, okay, I'm going to time myself in the shower and see if in a month I can get that number to go down. Like it's, it's also teaching kids. I feel like to be really present and seeing that their actions, there's that cause and effect relationship with their actions. It's just, there's so many layers to this in my mind of treating the earth well and thinking about your actions, but then also the science and math behind it. It's just, amazing. thanks. Yeah. And I, and I, I do think that, you know, one of the moments when, you know, I decided to devote myself to this was that, was the sense that, I mean, I was, I was motivated by, uh, by my own, you know, love and, and history with natural resources and, and things like water scarcity. Um, I come from the Oregon, California border, my family does. And so water scarcity is a real, is a real, you know, challenge uh, we face and a real issue. But I was, also, but I was so motivated by this project and this effort because at its core, it's about good data, math, science, investigation, right? And those are the core, those are the, those are the standards that we need to hit as teachers. And then, gosh, the fact that the data that we're using relates to these real world challenges. And like you said, with your daughter, 
are things that students at this age tend to be already passionate about. So we can leverage something that students are already passionate about and make it rigorous because we're not just we're not just having students, you know, draw a poster about saving the earth or memorizing 50 tips of how to use less water. Yeah. We're, we're doing, we're doing rigorous data collection analysis, inquiry-based learning, um, but leveraging this, this real world uh, source that's personal and relevant. Do the kids talk at all about the cost of water and how much their water bill is? Do they look at their water bills? Is that so? Oftentimes, that? when we the answer is yes and no. <laughs> I think I think oftentimes, for example, one suggestion that we have for teachers as they start the unit is to say something like, "How many of you have heard your you know someone at home talking about the water energy bill? You know, raise your hand." And often, and when we do that in classrooms, when we observe that, it's most of the class that raises their hands you know, talking about, about cost. And, and I'll, and I'll say, Carrie, I mean, you, you know, we get really passionate about this because this is, this is a real, that cost is a, is a real burden, um, you know, especially for our students coming from families who are navigating poverty. Um, you know, the statistic is it, it's one in yeah. five families in the U S spend over 20% of their income on their utility bills. So this this issue of cost, I mean, it this is this is a real thing uh, for students. And in fact, um, we were approached by um, the folks over at, at Teach for America who had a cohort in Milwaukee that was working on culturally relevant pedagogy, and they really wanted to work with us around around this this very issue of gosh, can we engage students? Because uh, they they work in a lot of schools of students of you know from from um, again from families navigating poverty, and they 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 like. They they know that 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 we need to be engaging students and their families where they are, and so this this is a, an issue with the cost of utilities, and um, that's something that 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 we should be engaging students with. So we so that is very present. Um, we do not. Uh, we actually believe that again, rather than trying to motivate students around how much money they could save, that's a part of the analysis. But we actually find that students are just they're just excited to compare, you know, they're excited to see cause and effect um, just in the data itself, right? We want we want the data to be the star of this program, not necessarily some promise um, that students are going to save a lot of money. So Nate, before we move on, I want to ask you some questions more centered around your journey and being a founder of this company. Um, tell us one, what grade levels this is for and how teachers can get their hands on a free trial or, you know, to, to get a taste of STEM hero. Yep. So STEM hero, the sweet spot for STEM hero is those middle school grades, uh, six to eight. We have had as low as fourth grade use the program. And, um, we also are used in some high school environmental science curriculum, different schools put units related to water and energy at different grades in the middle school level. Um, but ideally we are paired with, uh, with one of those units. And actually I would say that the best time that teachers have told us to use this program is as a start of the year, uh, unit that's going to connect with home and school yeah. and, and kind of show students that science is going to be real world. Um, it's also nicer outside at that time of year. Um, but also it's, it's interesting. That's actually a time of the year when water use is at its highest 
because of outdoor watering that's maybe going on. Yeah. Um, and also, and also energy use with summer air conditioning. So it's a very interesting time to look at the data as well. So middle school start of the year, um, and it's led by a science teacher normally, uh, but we have some cross curricular connections to to other subjects as well, but it's led by a science teacher. I feel like um, and if, school gets left yeah. out a lot. Like, I'm really glad that you got, that is your sweet spot because especially in like yeah. the ed tech world, um, there's tons for K-5 out there, right? And and then yes. school is very specialized. And I feel like some yes. middle school gets the like short end of the stick. Is that the right phrase? Short <laughs> end of the stick on 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 uh, great resources. So I'm, I'm glad you're focusing in that area. It's the perfect age. I mean, these are students who are at an age developmentally where they are seeing the world beyond themselves, you know, oftentimes for the first time, right? So they're concerned uh, and want to be a part of positive uh, actions in their community. There's also that good early teenage skepticism. So we love to say to students, hey, you know, you've learned maybe in elementary school about ways to save water and energy, but as a scientist, as an engineer, you can't just take someone else's word for it, you know, Yeah. tap into that skepticism. Let's go try it. Let's go see if we can't set up an experiment, a, a model, and, and actually see if we can't add some evidence of our own to support the idea that this action, taking a shorter shower or adjusting how much water, uh, how often the outdoor sprinkler system turns on, you know, does that actually make a difference for your home, for your family? Because different families you know, react differently to different changes. So, uh, so I, I think, I think middle school is, is fantastic. And oftentimes in middle school, uh, and again, you know, oftentimes maybe fifth grade as well, teachers are covering different subjects. So they like to do units that can tie into, you know, a broader array of, of subject matters, maybe rather than just physics or just chemistry, something like that. Yeah, I love it. And so I see on your website that teachers can request a free trial account. So do mm-hmm. they go to your website and can sign up there and get a sneak peek of what it looks like to belong to STEM Hero and use the curriculum? Yeah, yeah, STEM Hero. Yeah, and in fact, yesterday I had a call with teachers in Princeton, Wisconsin. I'll give them a shout out. And it was just, it was, I think they're in a prep period, so it was about seven minutes. <laughs> but, you know, it was, just one, it was just one of those real quick calls and they had some specific questions. So I love that, right? A lot of times teachers are like, how does this align or when do I do it? Or, you know, um, so probably what will happen is, is you'll, you'll put your you know email in there and they'll probably arrange a real quick call um, just so that we can better understand your unique situation and, and then for, therefore save time by getting you, you know, specific resources that you're looking for. If you're interested in using STEM Hero in your classroom, head over to their website, stemhero.com. I want to thank Nate for taking the time to talk to us about STEM Hero and all they're doing for the environment, for students, and for teachers. If you're interested in learning more about Nate's journey from teacher to teacher entrepreneur to founder of STEM Hero, head over to educators2educators.com to learn more about our membership. You'll be able to find the second half of this interview in the eTweed membership site. Until next time, my friends. Keep on teaching on.